0: Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 140 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the power of our choices. We've heard a lot of people talk about how they've had a hard time finding motivation for their running or their workouts, and ultimately it does come down to choice, but it's also a little bit more complicated than that. Today we're going to be talking about why some of our previous choices seem so hard now and what we can do about them.
1: This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: Okay, so today we're going to be talking about the power of choices. But before we get into that, we are excited to announce that we are going to be starting a series of live workshop trainings for you guys to help with your running Throughout the whole year. So, we're going to be doing these monthly and we are going to be kicking this off next week, which is Wednesday, May 20th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be talking about how to discover the right training plan for you so that you can run faster and longer without injury, boredom, or wasting your time. I'm
1: excited for this new setup here.
0: I am too. Um, We've just talked to a lot of people. And so, we really want to set up these live workshops for you guys to really help you out with wherever you're struggling in your running right now. So, we wanted to invite you guys f- to that live workshop. This is going to take place live online, so it'll be socially distanced. And <laughs> <laughs> and you can sign up at yourrunningplan.com. It's free, it'll be about an hour, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, you can convert that to wherever you guys are in the world. Um, but we would love for you to join us again to sign up and reserve your spot. Head over to to yourrunningplan.com to sign up today. Sounds good. Let's get into it.
1: Here we go. All right. So today, all about choices. Choices. All about uh, people who are struggling a little bit on their motivation and can't quite figure out why it's so hard to get up and go out the door and get running that day. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of people that have been talking about their lack of motivation during this quarantine time period. And they just can't figure out why their motivation levels are so low when they didn't used to be that way.
1: Right. And I think that this comes down to to choice and it's not just like, oh, well, just choose to go out and exercise. Like it seems like it should be that easy.
0: Well, it is that easy in one respect. It's also
1: really difficult in that respect. Right.
0: Like we don't want to just glaze over this because this is a problem that we've heard from a lot of people that are really lacking in motivation. And you were even telling me about like professional athletes that are like qualifying for the Olympics or, or or. already are qualified for the Olympics that are just not as motivated now.
1: Well, you took the Olympic trials and said, well, instead of the Olympic trials taking place in July, we're going to make them take place next July and there's no races on the calendar. And so you've got these pro athletes that are just like, ooh, I don't know if I feel like doing that double today. Yeah. Like maybe I'm just going to hang out on the couch with my dog instead because mm-hmm. there's there's not this pressing urgency it's anymore. It's the urgency. Yeah. Yes. The, the
0: urgency factor is really getting to a lot of people i think and and that's that's a very interesting thing and i think it's so important that we point out that it's not just the real life runner that's struggling with this it's also the elite runners the professional runners the people that do this for their job <laughs> you know are also struggling with motivation so you're not alone this that's one thing i think is very important for everybody to realize
1: yeah no super important like everybody is in this boat and it's uh it's a It's a struggle bus. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in the struggle bus together.
0: Yes. It's a crowded bus. We should be more socially distant. (laughs) 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 But ultimately, it does come down to choice. But what is it that's making the choice to go run or the choice to work out or the choice to do your strength training so much harder right now or even in general? Like In general, there are people that find it very hard to to do their strength training. They know that they should do strength training. They know it's good for their running, but they put it off and put it off and put it off and they choose not to do it Stop over and over staring again. staring at me as you say this. <laughs> I'm not, but it, it's just one of those things that like, what is it that makes some choices so much harder? And what is it that makes us feel less motivated to do those things?
1: Right. Because everything that we've got in our life is really a choice. Like you could choose anything you feel like, like feel like having cake for dinner, bake one, go for it. Like you could do that. You could make that choice. You could stay up till three o'clock in the morning, binging all night on Netflix, or you could choose to plan out your meals for the week. You could choose to pick out a running goal, create a training plan, follow a plan, aim for this thing. You could make various choices there's lots of them throughout the entire day. There's there's choices, and all those choices are up to you of which direction you're going to go on. When you're able to kind of take a step back and see all these choices, you can figure out what's best for you. What's best for you given the current situation, that leads to the most sort of satisfying output, the most sort of fulfilling way of making these choices, And yet, we're still in this point where we're trying to choose, should I go run? Should I do strength training? Should I do these things? And these choices that seem like they should just come so naturally that, you know, I've been running for years and years. How come it's so tricky for me to choose yes to get out the door today? How come that decision is not as easy as it was a few months ago? Why is the motivation missing? And I think there's a lot of reasons why that motivation is still tricky to come by.
0: Yeah, I think that... we have to kind of take a look at why we run in the first place. And I think that if we kind of can get to the root of why we run or some of the joy, some of the benefits that we get out of running, that that can kind of help us to shed a light on why we're having struggles with motivation right now. Because, you know, some people out there, they run because they're very competitive. So without a race on the calendar and the lack of competition – you know they're finding it very hard to get out there and stay motivated and push themselves and keep their mileage up and do all the things that they were doing to actually train for a race.
1: Yeah, I think the two of us come at running from from different perspectives. Yeah. I I very much enjoy training for a race. Even if that race is on a distant horizon, just mm-hmm. knowing that it exists. The fact that races are kind of out there in like the fall and winter but they still have a question mark by them. Right,
0: because there are some races that have just totally canceled already and there are some that are still on the calendar but be- calendar but you're still not actually sure if they're going to happen
1: right and so initially there was this like massive movement i think of a lot of the people who exercised for the competition Mm -hmm. who exercised and ran because they knew that that next race was coming and they immediately got their their like Mojo sapped mm-hmm. because it's like, well, I don't have a race, so I'm going to call it an off day. And it took a while for them to try and figure out what do they do. But there's other runners who are finding other ways of running. And at first, they were like, oh, okay, well, I don't have a race; it's fine. I'm going to still keep going. And then they realized there were other things that were helping them get out the door, and those disappear, like the people who enjoy going off on group runs. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of difficult to go off on a group run when you're told to not be in large groups.
0: Right, exactly. So if you are more of a social runner, if you like running because of that social aspect or because you're a part of a running club or you have friends that are runners and you love to go meet them for your runs and then have coffee afterwards, and it's a whole social aspect around running, which I totally relate to, um, it's can, it can be very hard to find your motivation to go out and run if you don't have people to run with.
1: Right. I feel like that was like the second wave. Like you got this whole group of people that were just like,
0: my races
1: are canceled. My life is ruined. And then the social group came in just like a few days days later. They were just like, wait, my (laughs) friends aren't here to run with. Right, Like they were good because maybe you don't go and run every single time with your friends. Like you've got some solo runs that you put in there. But once you miss like a couple of group runs, it was like, oh wait, that is part of, what brings me joy to running is Mm -hmm. running with this group and like you said it's not just the running with your friends there was a whole before the run kind of get together and chat and then after run with coffee or whatever it was that you do afterwards there was a whole social aspect to it way Mm -hmm. beyond just running
0: right exactly so if the races have been taken away and if the socializing has been taken away then you kind of have to start to look a little deeper and say okay why do I want to run in the first place and if you just are trying to run to stay in shape I feel like a lot of people have you know maybe that puts them in a better um, motivation category I'm not sure because I've seen a lot of people also that are typically quote-unquote, healthy people that eat healthy, um, and I am putting those in air quotes right now, um, eat healthier, like, that just have been less strict about what they're eating, you know, like they're more apt to just kind of eat more comfort foods or things that they weren't doing before.
1: Right, and I think, you know, as the as this episode keeps going, we're going to dive a little bit more into why it's trickier to find motivation, but you know, for a little bit, maybe let's let's try and take some of these motivating factors and see if we can flip them. From the competitor aspect, I I try to take my my attention off of finishing with a certain time and find the satisfaction of really just pushing. Like it's it's a different motivation. It's not quite as exciting to say, "Hey, I can just push through this workout or I can run farther on this on my long run next week than I could versus this week, but it's something tangible that I can cling to that is similar to a competitive aspect.
0: It's it's a challenge. It's finding a challenge, it's something challenge. that you're able to do. So if you don't have a race to ta- to challenge you, what else can you maybe do to challenge you? Like maybe you have a one mile loop around your neighborhood. Maybe you can see, all right, let's see how fast I can do that. And maybe that can be a new challenge that you do. And you just have to basically create your own challenge essentially.
1: Right. And have some flexibility with your training plan. Like if you were you know, ramping up and getting ready to train for a half marathon yeah. and suddenly that doesn't exist on the calendar anymore, you've got to find something else. And it could be that you're still a we've know some people that are like, well, I'm still going to ramp up. I'm still going to train. I'm going to race it. And it's a virtual race. And there are other people that are just like, virtual race does not sound exciting to me because it loses the, well, it loses the excitement of everybody around you and, and there's a finisher's medal. Like there's just not the same satisfaction of someone mailing you a finisher's medal.
0: Well, it's the whole community aspect. It's the whole like environment of the race. Like every anyone that's ever done a race knows what the race environment feels like, especially if you've done any sort of big race. So I think that, you know, it is helpful for for people to stay on a training plan. If that's something that can motivate you, if you are registered for a race later in the year and just tell yourself that it's going to happen. If that helps you, you don't have to really question whether or not it will or will not happen. You can deal with that at a later date. Like yes. that, That's another thing that you don't have to worry about now. I think that's a really good way of dealing with anxiety. In, in, in my readings and, and uh, learnings about anxiety and stress and all of that, one of the ways that you can deal with anxiety, feelings of anxiety, is saying, I don't have to deal with that now or I don't have to make a decision on that now. <laughs> because that's later. Like it, 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 most anxiety comes from future events. We're, we're worrying about future events that we literally have no control over. So you just have to tell yourself, I don't need to make that decision right now.
1: Right. Which kind of goes back to our choice is that's, that's not a choice that you're making at this moment. Right Right now you're making a choice of whether you're going to go out and run today. Exactly. You can worry about whether there's a race six months from now mm-hmm. as it gets closer to six months from now.
0: Exactly. So if, socializing wasn't a motivation for you to run before can you maybe find online accountability partners like those of you that are in the real life runners tribe I've already seen it in the group and it's awesome like there are people that are checking on other people like hey you were supposed to do that the other day how did that go you know just checking in on each other to say see what's going on Excuse the interruption, but I just had to pop in and let you know about an upcoming workshop that we're hosting inside the Real Life Runners Academy. If you're someone that's ever struggled with thoughts or beliefs that are getting in your way or you think you're self-sabotaging yourself and you can't understand why you're doing things that you don't want to do or not doing things that you know you should be doing or want to be doing, this message is for you. We're hosting a special academy workshop May 14th, and we're bringing in an expert in neurolinguistic programming, Miss Megan Blacksmith. And she's going to be teaching us how the thoughts that we have can either be helping us in our life or holding us back. And we want to invite you, our amazing podcast listeners, to join us. So you don't have to be a member of the Academy to join us this month. You can join for a small one-time fee by going over to realliferunners.com forward slash workshop. If you are a current Academy member, this and all of our monthly workshops and all experts That's all already included in your current membership. So if you are a current member, do not go to the website and repurchase because it's already included with your membership. But if you want to join just for the workshop, check it out over at realliferunners.com slash workshop today. Now back to the show.
1: Right and it's it's a little different than being able to go out and run with of somebody. Course. I think this is also an issue that's coming up in the, in the social aspect is people are socializing with their workout buddies outside of workouts. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, well, I don't need to work out today because I already got my socializing in from it. Mm-hmm. So now you need to find another way of, of having that person. So that person could turn into accountability partner, or maybe that person that you were working out with before is not your best accountability partner. Maybe they're now just going to be a social friend in this current setup and you need somebody else as an accountability partner.
0: Oh, that's true. I actually have a friend that now that she's home with her husband, she, you know, they're able to use each other as accountability partners. And she wasn't always great with her strength training before, but now that he's home and they can do it together, she's found it much easier to do the strength training.
1: Which kind of leads into the next couple of things. Some friendly, friendly competition can certainly um, take place without personal contact.
0: Air quotes or no air quotes? I don't
1: know. Maybe. Oh. Friendly. <laughs> Friendly competition. Like if, if he is her motivating factor to keep up the strength training, uh-huh. you know, you can kind of go back and forth, like, um, making sure that you're, you're getting the right number of sets. Did you get in more reps this time than last time? Like are both people sort of increasing and, mm. you know, you, you want to keep it friendly. like, you don't want to suddenly become resentful, especially if that's the person that you're quarantined with. Definitely that doesn't not. seem like fun, but in an online setting, you know, mm-hmm. you can have a, some sort of friendly competition. If that's not going to work for you. If you don't involve friendly with the competition, maybe... <laughs> maybe coll- If those
0: two words don't go together.
1: Maybe collaboration <laughs> is a nice one. Okay. Um, maybe you and your friend can be like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if during this time we could run across the country? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you can physically run across the country, but track your mileage. Right. Maybe together the two of you can add up and say starting from where we live, how far can we get over the next month? Yeah. That'd be kind of an interesting thing. And you can get a whole lot farther if you're with a group of people and then it feels like they're depending on you. So it provides this sort of sense of of outside motivation. And that's a lot of what we need right now. It's a lot of people need a little bit of extra boost from X. External motivation.
0: There you go. Um, And then we just look at staying fit and healthy. I mean, quite frankly, that's probably a goal for every single runner out there, right? Yes, you run for the social aspect. Maybe you run for competition. Maybe you just run because you love it. But there is some part of it that is you do it because it makes you a healthier person. So that hasn't gone away. You know, getting your workout in in some form, is so good for you both physically and mentally, especially during this time period, especially when we're locked down, when we're in quarantine, when we're seeing the same people over and over again, when we are stuck, quote-unquote, you know, in the the same place, doing the same thing, feeling like it's Groundhog Day, day after day after day. Like, we need some sort of mental break, and running is a great way for us to get that in during the day.
1: Right, and... In in that world, running doesn't have to have any strict rules. I mean, really, running doesn't have strict rules in the first place. But especially if you are purely running from a fitness perspective, you don't have to worry about ramping up your mileage or running at a certain speed during the thing. Make sure that you have three strength days in during the week. You just need to be physically active during the day. Mm -hmm. And when you take some of the pressure off, well, I have to make sure that I get in five miles on this day and four miles on this day and a long run over the weekend and just really take it down to, I'd like to make sure that I've got some activity going in during my day Mm -hmm. and that's going to make me feel better physically and mentally. It just relieves some of the stress of making sure that you're following a strict running routine.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's something that we've instituted with our girls too during this time period. At first I was you know saying, and like all right let's go we have to get outside we have to get out ride our bike or walk or run or whatever it is. And now like there there was a little pushback from the girls. Especially there was definitely the,
1: some pushback. <laughs>
0: especially the older one because, you know, they're also feeling it. You know, our kids are feeling this lack of choice right now. Like school got taken away from them. Think about how much school is their world, you know, I mean that's seventy percent, sixty percent of their day. Like that's a huge chunk of their life, their social life, all of their friends, right? And all of that's been taken away and they didn't have a choice The matter. So, so much of their choices have been taken away. So, I'm trying to, I kind of tried to reframe this and see it from their point of view. So We basically said, okay, movement and being active is something that we hold as a core value in our family, but you're allowed to choose what you want to do. So do you want to start the day with a walk, a run, yoga, stretching? You know, what is it that, how do you want to move your body today? And that's the question that I've started asking the girls every morning. What do you want to do for your movement this morning?
1: And it's getting a whole heck of a lot less pushback than when you would like clap and be, all right, we're going on a bike ride. Mm -hmm. That. That didn't go very well because it's like, well, <laughs> I don't have choices in my day. How come you're forcing me to go on a bike ride right now? That
0: that line was said a lot. And, Why are you forcing me to do this? Yeah, because it seems like yeah. there's a
1: lot of, of outside things that are forcing us to do things. Yeah. And, you had good reasoning. You're like, well, you guys used to bike to school. So literally what we're doing is just going on a bike ride before school starts. It's the same thing that we used to do. And that is not at all how they were viewing it. Mm -mm. They were looking at it as one more thing that they were being forced to do that they did not have a choice in. One more change that was being thrust upon them that they couldn't deal with.
0: Right. Exactly. And so that, I think that idea leads us Well, into our next point, which is we go through our day making an endless series of choices. Now, we're talking about quarantine, not quarantine, just daily life as a human being, right? So, the way that we live, we have all of these things that we have to include in our day. Like you get up, you go to the bathroom, you brush your teeth, you wash your face, you make breakfast, you eat, you have to decide what you wanna eat for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. Like there's all of these choices and so many of these choices are answered by routines, okay? Like our body and our brain sets things up on autopilot. It's just what we do because your brain is naturally wired to conserve energy and do things more efficiently. And it does that by creating a routine for you. So a lot of these things that we just do on an everyday basis – get put into your subconscious brain, and are just done on autopilot so that you don't have to think about them every day.
1: Yeah. I mean, almost everything that you just rattled off there is something that you don't actually realize is a choice that you made. Like, yeah, you know, you get up, you brush your teeth, you wash your face. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. Like, that alarm goes off, you can turn it off and just stay in bed. Right. You don't. Like, that's, (laughs) that's how your routine starts. You get up, and then you brush your teeth. You don't have to. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure four out of five dentists would agree that you should. But
0: (laughs) But I mean, the people that now work from home or lost their job or don't have to get up at the same time anymore, all of a sudden your entire routine is thrown off.
1: Right. And I've definitely made it where like, instead of getting up with an alarm and going for a run or getting up and starting to get ready for the day and get myself dressed to head out to work for school, like... I haven't put on like dress pants in a while and I still see my kids on a regular basis, but my requirement is through Zoom. So I just have to have a collared shirt on. Mm -hmm. Like the articles that I've been seeing all the time, the amount of pants being sold in stores and online is just plummeted. It's like hit (laughs) rock bottom. You (laughs) want a pair of pants? They're basically free at this point in time.
0: I like that you noted Dress pants. Dress pants. Yes, yes. You didn't. You didn't say pants. Mm-hmm. I haven't put on pants because you. There's been plenty of days that Kevin has been in pajama pants, um, well into the afternoon. Sure,
1: pajama yeah. pants with a collared shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yes, dress pants. But this time of quarantine right now has kind of shined more of a light on our routine and made these simple choices feel much more challenging to us.
1: Right, where you literally the alarm goes off and you're like, should I get up now? Yeah. All right. Should I have breakfast first? Should I go run? Yeah. Should I brush my teeth now or later? Yeah. Like the routine is off, and suddenly you're making conscious choices that used to just happen, Mm -hmm. and. By the end of the day, you feel the drain of making all of these choices. It goes kind of back to the idea of we suggest, you know, exercise early in the morning because by the end of the day, you have decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. And if your choice is sit down or go run, most people are going to choose sit down because you're already tired. You're tired just from making choices. Now, all these choices are even more conscious. Things that used to just happen, you have to actually deeply think about, should I go to the grocery store? That used to just be a like, oh, well, I'll pop over to the grocery store because we're out of milk. Now suddenly it's like, ooh, should I go to the grocery store? Is my mask clean? Is it an appropriate time? Is it going to be crowded right now? If I only have to get two things from the grocery store, could I find something else in my house so I don't need to make that trip to the grocery store? Now it's complicated.
0: Yeah, I mean, we went through this yesterday. Yes. Like, we wanted to have taco night, and we did not have taco shells. So Kevin's like, oh, okay, I'll go to the store. And I said, well, what else do we need? You should make this trip worthwhile. Like quote unquote make this trip worthwhile. Like really, like when we never thought that way before. That's like I wanted.
1: We wanted tacos. Half the stuff was already going. Like yeah. there was food on the counter. Tacos were going to happen, and there was not going to be shelves. I'm like, oh, I'll just run to the store, and suddenly a whole list had to be made so that the trip was now worthwhile. And and then i had to get the mask and it was it was a process to go to the grocery store right,
0: exactly and so the things that used to be on autopilot that you didn't have to think about before now you have to think about and that includes our running and this is one of the reasons that people are finding a lack of motivation. People are finding it harder to make those choices because there's just so many other choices that you have to make consciously during your day now.
1: And if you have kids that are currently homeschooling, now you're helping them make choices during the day. And they used to disappear for a few hours where teachers helped them make those choices.
0: (laughs) God bless our teachers. Now
1: you're helping them make those choices. And so you've got choices you're making in your own life and other lives around you constantly. There's so much more distraction coming in. And what seems like distraction is also you making more choices of how are you going to deal with that distraction? Are you going to try and come, are you going to help your kid with their schoolwork? They've got an issue. They've got a technology problem. Do you stop what you're doing and go help them? Or do you tell them to go figure it out? Do you tell them to just wait for a few minutes while you finish this? There's so much going on.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on. And you know what? There are days that we are going to be awesome and like on point, And there are other days that we are just not going to be like, I, I was not yesterday. Like my little one needed help throughout the day. Like, and to me, I was interpreting it as she was just being so darn needy. Like she was literally saying mommy every one to two minutes For like a good two, at least two hour time period straight. It might've been like 16 hours. I'm not sure, (laughs) but I feel, I felt like it might've
1: been for the last month or 30 minutes yesterday, but time doesn't exist right now. Time
0: doesn't exist. Right. But I just kind of like, and I was just, I got so frustrated with her and I was just like, can you please just stop saying my name so that I can get some work done? Just give me a couple minutes, you know, because you guys know how it is. Like if you're trying to do something and every minute or two, someone's asking you for something, you get nothing done. You cannot multitask. There's no way you can focus on something that you're doing and also answer their questions and help them. And so I actually apologized to her this morning because I said, you know what? I don't think I handled that well. I should have given you a better answer. Maybe I should have stopped what I was doing to help you instead of just kind of blowing her off throughout the day.
1: Well, I mean, at one point you said, I I will be with you in 10 minutes. Just give me 10 minutes so I can finish this thing, which is is a good idea because telling a a small child, I'll be with you in a minute. They think that you'll be with them in a minute right. and that that's not so you said give me 10 minutes but during those 10 minutes she asked you six more questions so you didn't have those 10 minutes mm-hmm. that was that was a bit of a challenge um, so we just we feel this general exhaustion and the constant exhaustion from decision making from what seems like it should be an empowering thing from having these choices is actually just wearing on us mm-hmm. and it's sapping motivation right. so you really need a complete mental flip on what these choices are, that they're not draining, but they're a chance for you to take more power and more control of your life.
0: Okay, I like that reframe. I think that's a good way to reframe it. It, it still is exhausting. No, you
1: no, know? no, that's the thing. It's still exhausting. <laughs>
0: so we, we, we're, not, we're not trying to say that that's not the case because it definitely is. Oh, no, no, no,
1: and then it's just all unicorns and rainbows. That's how it works. You just mind flip and poof, you're done.
0: Mind flip. <laughs> but yes, so the choices are still there. The choices are definitely empowering. I definitely like that reframe. We just have to also understand that it is a good idea to try to set up as much of it as you can on autopilot so that you can try to get rid of as much of that decision fatigue as possible too.
1: Right. I mean that I think you know, I, I've read some things on why you're, everybody's losing their motivation, and one of the big ones is is lack of routine. I think the decision fatigue is just wrecking everybody. I Whatever agree. your original thought on why you go out and run, now you may have to think about it again, and mm-hmm. shoot, that's another choice you have to make, right. and that alone just sounds tiring.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about choices now. Let's, let's talk about the power of choices, because we're going to choose right now to look at this as an empowering thing, right? We can... Examine our day now and figure out the choices that we want to make, and we can make choices that are going to support the actions and the results that we want.
1: Perfect. Okay. One of the issues uh, that people get when they're trying to get into a new exercise routine or tweak really any sort of habit inside their life is it changes their routine and changes to routines are hard. Well, congratulations, your routine is already screwed up. So if you want to put new, healthier choices into your routine, now would be a good time because your routine is all screwy anyway.
0: (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. Right? Yeah.
1: Okay. So make some good choices. All right. Um, Given the options, given like a binary choice, should I go out and run today? That's a yes or no question. When you make a choice, when you say, yes, I'm going to go out and run today, that means that you're saying no to anything else during that timeline where you're going to go run. If you say, no, I'm not going to run today, that means you're saying, yes, you have that whatever chunk of time to do other things. But you might also have to deal with the mental repercussions. Are you going to feel bad about not going for a run that day? Maybe. Maybe you're going to feel good because your body was sore and you needed a rest day. You get to make the choice, but then you also have to deal with what falls from that
0: absolutely and i think that you know this is a point that we definitely need to repeat again so when you say yes to one thing that means that you're saying no to something else and people don't always think about it that way you know people just like a lot of people especially people that tend to want to please other people you know the people pleasers pleasers. right um they want to say yes to everything and everyone. They want to help everyone. They want to do everything. They always want to, you know, say yes. And people don't always realize that saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. So if you say yes, then what else are you saying no to? And now is a good time to examine that because it will also allow you to examine your priorities because understanding your priorities becomes very important here. So if you're saying yes to your run, what are you saying no to you know the time that you're using at home to do what you know or if you're saying no I can't go run today then what are you saying yes to like maybe you're saying yes to helping your kid with their school work which means that you can't say you run during that time period okay well can you fit it in at another point in time like is there another time that you can say yes to running and what does that mean
1: Right, that's why scheduling is super important here. If you don't sort of plan out the day, suddenly, and I know this has happened to me during this quarantine time, you blink and it's four thirty in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, "What just happened with my day?" And if if you haven't gotten a run in, now it's four thirty. Now it's time to start figuring out what's going to go on for dinner. Then you have the question of, "Do I need to go to a grocery store?" Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and you know we've already covered that issue, um, but. It's a a schedule helps you kind of fit in what you've got. And a schedule also helps you as you plan out the day, helps you say, I need to find time for this. I need to find time for this. And that means that these lower priorities, well, they're not going to fit onto my schedule that day.
0: Right. And you can do this on a day by day you know, outlook and you can also look at it weekly, you know, like you might not have the time to run every day because there are other things that need to take priority in your life, but maybe you can fit in the running on another day. You know, maybe it, it's it's good to take a look at your schedule for the day. It's also helpful to take a look at your schedule for the week so that you can say, okay, well, if I can't fit it in here, is there another day this week where I can put it in?
1: Yeah. Having the flexibility within your schedule to be like, okay, these are my priorities, I'm going to see how I can fit them all in during the course of this week. And, you know, we've talked about trying to move training schedules around and avoid putting like two hard days back to back during this timeline. It's tricky to put two hard days back to back because we're all really tired in the first place. Mm -hmm. Maybe putting a strength and a running day on the same day is not something you're used to doing, but that's the only way that fits your schedule. I know that you've had plenty of days where your strength day has included the girls PE class. Mm -hmm. And that was not your normal schedule before because you would do your strength workouts when the girls were at school, but now they've got PE at home. And so this is a whole combined family PE experience.
0: And it's been really Fun. You know, it's reframing it. Like, yes, maybe I didn't get in my lift that day, but I was able to just work out for 25 minutes with my daughters doing things that are hard and showing them that they are strong, you know, like there are so many other benefits of that. And there are so many good things that have come out of this. And that's what I'm choosing to really focus on right now.
1: Right. So you could choose to get frustrated that you didn't get your scheduled workout in. And
0: sometimes that happens.
1: Or you could choose to see the benefit of working out with the girls. Right. And, and seeing, you know, how excited they get that they get to do a workout with mom right you know
0: and it, and it is it's all a choice and I'm not saying that I make perfect choices all the time because I definitely have felt frustrated that I had a planned workout on the calendar and I didn't get that in or you know I didn't get to do what I wanted to do because somebody else needed me or somebody else's workout or PE thing took priority over what I wanted to do or the girls really wanted me to go in the pool and so I made that choice and said and that doesn't mean that I didn't have any sort of frustration. Like I've definitely had that, but then I've also tried to just take, you know, that idea and reframe it like you said and see the good in it and see that, okay, this is the choice that I'm making. And this is the benefit of that choice. And by making this choice, I'm also saying no to the other thing that I'm just not going to be able to do today.
1: Right. And when you make that choice, like pause and realize and this is where we start with is there's a lot of conscious choices that we're making now that we're not used to making before. Yeah. And you just have to kind of take a second and say, okay, that's the thing. But then the key on how do you don't get so exhausted off of these is once you make the choice, go with it. Yeah. Don't dwell. Don't think back about, man, I made that choice but I really maybe I should have gone the other direction. You didn't. Stick with the one that you went with and just Go with that and enjoy that and realize that's the choice that you've got. Yes, that meant that you said no to something else, but don't, you know, for example, you said play with the the kids in the pool if you're off and you're playing with the kids in the pool, enjoy that time. Mm-hmm. Don't be off playing with the kids in the pool and think to yourself, man, I really should be getting some work done. Nothing. Cause then it's not enjoyable for anybody. Right. The kids can, they, they realize that oh, you don't want to be there. Like they, they can see it. So whatever the choices that you make, be fully invested in that choice mm-hmm. and, and don't worry that it's saying no to something else. Cause that's an automatic. You say yes to one thing, you automatically say no to something else. You can't then worry about that thing that you're missing out on because it's already taken care of.
0: Exactly. So now that states and places are starting to slowly open back up, we are starting to get back even more choices now. Like new choices are suddenly being presented to us again, right? Because a lot of times, I mean, for a lot of places that went on lockdown and quarantine, you didn't have a choice. Like stuff was closed. You couldn't go to the beach. You couldn't go to the park. You had to go to the grocery store during this time and this time. I mean,
1: you could, you just get arrested. No. <laughs> Go to the beach if you want. There's
0: that choice too. But, you know, for most of us law-abiding citizens, (laughs) there really wasn't much of a choice. You know, you just stayed home. That's what you did. Um, I mean... But now things are starting to open back up. Like here by us, restaurants um, open back up this week. They're at 25% capacity, but you still have a choice whether or not you want to actually go out to a restaurant. You have a choice. The gyms open back up this week. Yes, they did. Do you want to go back to the gym? You know, there's a lot of new choices that are being presented, and it's kind of funny because these are choices that we took for granted before, you know, like going to see my family, like should I like travel, you know, should I go get on an airplane and go see what what are we going to do this summer? You know, are we going to go visit your family this summer? We don't know yet. You know, we haven't made that decision yet. Um, My family lives here in town. Are we going to reintroduce them into our circle? Who else are we going to let into our circle? Are we going to be able to hang out with people now? How how many people are we going to be able to hang out with? Like there's all these new choices. When we hang out
1: with these people, do we all wear masks? Should we maintain distance? Are we allowed to actually hug anybody yet. Mm -hmm. And it makes simple things like getting together with your friends now have this checklist of choices and questions that need to be answered before you can just go on a simple action of, I want to go hang out with my friends.
0: Right. And so it makes all of your choices feel really big.
1: Right. And then you throw this, this, um, you know, disease and pandemic over the top of it, and every decision now suddenly not just it 's not just big it 's literally life or death mm-hmm. and If you follow anything in the news, which we both advise not to as much as you can um you know you 're seeing these articles coming out all the time that makes your choices seem even bigger, but ultimately you 're choosing how big you want to make that choice seem, which is like kind of a little meta on that one.
0: I mean, it is, but it's also, like, it's hard to say that, too, I think. You know, like, yes, you are choosing the gravity of the choice in your head, but are you, like... You know that and that's part of the difficulty with this whole situation is that there's just so much that we don't understand and know. We are lacking so much information about this and how to do this because we've never had to do it before.
1: Right. There's a reason why they call it the novel coronavirus. It's it's new and it's unknown, and that's why making decisions are really tough. Right. When you go and make decisions, you want to have a whole good slew of information. You'd like some experts to tell you this is the reason to do it, and some more experts to say this is the reason not to do it. You can look at the information and you can make a good educated decision. Mm -hmm. That's not what we've got right
0: now. No. And then there's also the bigger picture too. Like there's, there's us protecting ourselves and our family. And then there's also just our cultural, our civic duty and responsibility to also not be a spreader. You know I mean? Like there's that a big thing too. You know, like what do I care as much about us? Not really to be quite honest. Like if I've, If we got the disease, I feel like we would be okay. I mean, I don't know, obviously, and you hear stories of perfectly healthy people that got it and ended up in the hospital, but I am not terribly worried about us getting the disease anymore, like with the statistics and everything coming out.
1: The more stuff that comes out, you got to think that the two of us and really probably most people listening to this podcast right now, just from an exercising perspective, it's a respiratory disease. Mm -hmm. Most runners have really strong you know, cardiovascular systems, like that's, that's not a big issue for most runners. Mm -hmm. And yet you still have to be careful about who you go out and visit, because it's possible that some of the people you're visiting might not have the same strength in their lungs as you necessarily do. So who is it that you're able to go and see and under what conditions can you go and see
0: them? Right. And ultimately it just comes down to every choice we need to make with the best possible information available and some of us have very li- limited information right now and there are inherent risks with any tasks and for some of us that can make us feel just kind of frozen right like i, I don't really know all the information and there's all these risks but i still don't know so i'm just going to stay right here and i'm not going to do anything
1: which is a choice you could choose to not do anything and people are like, I don't know, I'm just, I'm not going to make a choice off of this. Well, that's a, that's a decision. That is a choice. Like you chose to not do anything. You avoided all of those options and you chose the option of freezing exactly where you are. And it, it's a choice and some people are making it for a while that was a good, healthy choice. And now it's a little bit more of a gray area of mm-hmm. whether from a physical and mental health aspect you should get out and start doing some things you should interact with some people you got to make sure that you're still exercising and things of that nature
0: i think it's more complicated too because there's this idea and this fear of judgment around it too like Mm -hmm. if i start opening up my circle if i start seeing other people what are other people going to think of me you know am i i think that's a big part of it too for a lot of people yeah would you agree
1: yeah and i mean. I've gone out on runs. I don't wear a mask when I run. Yeah, like I maintain pretty quality distance. I, I literally make a nice big loop as I see people um, in our neighborhood. I've stopped running on the path because the path is just too narrow. So I run through the street for the most part in our in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I've gotten some looks. From people who are out walking with their masks on. Oh, yeah. Like, why does that guy not have a mask on? Who does he think he is?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of judgmental looks. Like,
1: I'm pretty sure that I'm a runner who's giving you 20 feet of distance, so stop staring at me.
0: I've had people yell at me, too. Yeah, you completely. know, like, just straight up say, like leave are you gonna leave me six feet of distance and I'm like if you're gonna get that mad about it like you need to go to a secluded area don't be out on a public path if you're gonna get mad at other people that are also out here doing the same thing that you're doing
1: yeah I mean when I took off my run today within a minute literally a minute from the house I had already passed 12 people like, you just happened to be a particularly busy time when everybody decided they were all going to go out and go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Like, it were, there were a lot of people on the sidewalk. I went right to the street and did not bother trying to, like, loop around any of them.
0: Oh, it's not even worth it. No.
1: Mm-mm. Like, so I'm just going to head, head over to that part, maintain my distance, and I was good to go.
0: All right. So what do we do? I mean, ultimately, that's kind of what this all comes down to. Yes. All right. I think everybody's on board with knowing that all of these things are choices, that choices can be hard. There are inherent risks in all of our choices. So what in the heck do we do?
1: One, there were risks before. Yeah. Like maybe the risks were not quite as as clear, but, you know, there was no guarantee that when you went off on that run, you weren't going to get hit by a car. Like there were risks before. They just, they're kind of more vague and and unknown at this point in time. So ultimately we go back to our priorities. We stay informed enough to make decisions and then we choose, mm-hmm. like, and that doesn't mean that you need to read every single article that you can possibly read. That does not mean that you need to be examining the updated, um, like, case counts every single hour. Like, that's not necessary. But
0: that's going to feed right into your fear and in your anxiety and the worry and the things that's, that are going to keep you more frozen.
1: Right. You give yourself enough information that you feel empowered to make the choice. Some people want to take in some information from someone else, like, Hey, you've, you've read these articles. Does it seem like I should be able to go out there? Mm -hmm. Some people want to do some of the research themselves. Empower yourself enough, take in enough information that you feel as though you can make the most informed decision with the information you have, and then go for it. And don't pull back and be like, eh, I'm kind of going to decide to do this, but go for it. Make your decision and go. And Realize when he there's says, risks.
0: And when he says go for it, he's not encouraging anyone to just get out and do, you know, be irresponsible or anything like that. He's just encouraging you to go for it, meaning make the decision that's right for you. That yes. you feel is right for you and that might be staying home that might be quarantining that might be doing exactly what you're doing right now and that's okay you might also want to take a look at the other choices that you're making are you doing your strength training are you doing some at-home workouts are you taking care of yourself physically and mentally are you eating healthier foods that are going to help support you because depression you know that those feelings of, of depression can be exacerbated by the foods that we eat as well so if you're feeling low on motivation and having difficulty making these choices, maybe just start with one choice. You know? Start with one or two choices that are going to make you feel a little bit better.
1: Right, and they don't have to be giant choices. They can be some small things. Maybe, maybe today figure out what you're going to have for dinner the next day. Like plan that in, Mm -hmm. figure out in advance, don't decide at the moment whether you're going to work out when you wake up tomorrow, Mm -hmm. like make that decision before you go to bed. By putting
0: out your clothes. Yes.
1: That's what I was going to say. Put out the running clothes and say, yep, when the alarm goes off, I'm going to go for a workout or look at your schedule and be like, I don't have that window that I I sometimes do. So I don't have the chance to go for a run tomorrow. I'm going to put a strength routine at this point, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to put a yoga session at this point. Whatever it is, do something to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Make a, a small, healthy choice and start the ball rolling in that direction.
0: Exactly. And and treat your schedule as if you were as busy as you were before. Like for some of us it's been really nice not having that hectic, busy, crazy running everywhere, taking your kids from school to sports practices and all over the place, it's been really nice having some downtime and not having to be places. But on the other hand, the schedule can be really helpful because like Kevin said, when you examine your schedule, you can figure out what pockets of time you have to put things. So taking your calendar and actually trying to schedule in your run, schedule in your workout, putting those things as appointments on your calendar that you are going to keep can be very, very helpful.
1: Oh man. So in this episode, I've both said that you need more structure to the day and that I should increase my strength training. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. It's been a rough podcast. It's
0: it's on audio. (laughs) That is lasting forever.
1: All right. So here's (laughs) the thing. The the world's being reopened. You can decide how that's going to affect your workout routine. Maybe it changed for the positive during quarantine. Maybe you were corn training. I saw that trending on Twitter, corn training. Um, Maybe it changed your workout routine for the negative, and the reopening is going to kind of reopen your ability to run ultimately how the the new normal that we 're in, how that affects your workout routine is your choice, but ultimately it's been your choice all along
0: that's a really good point
1: so one of the things beyond this this whole scheduling thing, but it, it's related to that is having a routine. It's what we started this episode with is the routine takes a lot of these choices from conscious exhausting decisions into autopilot, Yeah. you know, saying, Oh, well, this is my schedule for the week. This is what I'm going to run on Monday and Tuesday. This is my workout for Wednesday. This Mm -hmm. is where the strength fits in knowing what the workout is every day helps at least take one decision off the plate. Yeah. So then you can say, okay, well, that's that's what's on the schedule. Where do I put it in during the day?
0: Yeah, then you just have to find a spot for it.
1: Right, and you, you know roughly what it's going to take. It's like, okay, well, that's a 30-minute workout. That's going to be an hour. I need to find a place to put that into my day. Mm-hmm. And, and that is not as tricky as saying, should I even go? Mm-hmm. It's on the schedule. It's on the plan. This is going to happen. Then it's just a matter of fitting it into your day.
0: Right, and I think that a lot of people... Love training plans for races, right? They they have a goal of completing a race or running a faster time in a race, and so they follow a training plan. But then in those times between races, when they don't have something on the calendar, they have a harder time. Like they don't think that they need a training plan, right? But especially right now, I think training plans are really helpful because, like Kevin said, it could just take one more thing off of your plate, one less thing for you to figure out.
1: This uh, is kind of reminds me of of our high school cross country kids is so many of them would show up at like the first day of school and be like, I haven't trained all summer. I need a plan that's going to get me to a 5K. It's like, but your plan should have started months ago. Yeah. Like, okay, but I didn't have a race months ago. No, but you eventually did. Like, mm-hmm. that's how you get in shape is what happened since last season to this one. And they'll go and they'll start training in August. They'll run their last race in like October, early November. Right. And then they won't do anything until the next August. Mm-hmm. They go in this downtime. And I mean, it's unmotivated high school kids. So it kind of goes to an extreme but some people do that they finish their race, they run a half marathon whatever, they've got the next one that's 9 months out and they're like, "Well, my training plan's a 3-month plan, so I'll just kind of stay in shape a little bit for the next 6 months and then I'll jump on the training plan again." And what you do in those six months between the two races could really set you up for so much more success when the next, you know, quote unquote race training plan is, is needed. Mm-hmm. You still need some structure to it. You still need a, a, a plan to follow so that you're not just like, eh, I don't really need to run today because my race is so far in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, when you have a focus to your training, like your focus could be base building, you know, like we have plans in our real life runners training academy that That are base building plans so that people aren't training for a race right now in this 12 week cycle, but they know that they want to build up to a half marathon or a marathon. So they're slowly and intelligently building their base. You know, I mean, people can just ramp up, try to ramp up their mileage and then they end up injured, they end up with pain. But if you're following a plan that's going to safely increase your mileage, you're going to be so much better set up that plan once, once it's time to actually start training for that race.
1: Right. The plans that you can do that are not specifically designed for a race, uh, there's a lot of them and yeah. there's a lot of different benefits and different aspects of your running that you can really focus on. Like focus on running longer, focus on just feeling stronger when you finish without the specific, like I have to cross this finish line. It mm-hmm. has to be 13 miles. I have to do six miles, or whatever the thing is just focus on being stronger, focus on being faster. Like those are other good goals to aim for.
0: Absolutely. So if you guys want to discover the right training plan for you right now, again, we're, we're hosting a live workshop next Wednesday, May 20th at 3 PM Eastern standard time. And you can register for that at the website, your running plan.com. We can help you figure out what training plan would be right for you right now. Um, we're going to go through a whole bunch of great stuff so that you can personalize this so that it's right for you. That's the key. You know, there is no perfect magic training plan out there that is one size fits all. You need something that can be tailored to you, to your experience level, to your current state of being, you know, like whatever you're going through right now. Um, And and we're going to help you Figure all of that out next week.
1: To your current state of being. Maybe yeah. maybe that, that means three days a week. Maybe that means five. It's it's your current state of being. Well, it needs to work for you. It needs
0: to work for you, right? So again, discover your the, the training plan that's right for you next Wednesday, May 20th, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, yourrunningplan.com. Okay, so that takes us right into our favorite segment, which is the runner of the week. Woo! It's the runner of the week. It's my favorite segment just because I
1: got to do this.
0: So this week's Runner of the Week is one of our Real Life Runners Training Academy members. She started working with us in January, and she has just come so far. Um, She actually started working with us earlier than that, and you'll hear part of that in her story but she went from not ever thinking that she could run because her knees hurt, everything kinda of hurt when she ran and you know, different things were going on, to now totally transforming her mindset, her body, totally thinking of herself. Oh, massive transformation. Ah, oh, and, and and it's just beginning, that's the coolest part. You know, yes. like she really just started in November. So she's really just been doing this for about six months now. So I mean, I just see endless possibilities for, for her.
1: Yeah. I mean, the transformation is huge and it's so early and yet still the transforma- transformation is pretty big. Oh, it's so.
0: still huge. Yeah. All right. So so our runner of the week this week, now, now is the time for the mm-hmm. drum roll. Now right?
1: is the that's what, that's what I was throwing here. Yeah. Drum roll.
0: <laughs> Danielle Power, congratulations. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. So here's Danielle's message to us.
1: <laughs> All right. I've always <laughs> wanted to run, but for one reason or another, many times I had tried and then given up. In October, just seven months ago, at 43 years old, I had decided I wanted to become a runner, though not totally sure that I could. I was introduced to the Browns and I joined an eight-week coaching program that took me to my first 5K. In previous attempts at running, I had been plagued with some knee problems, sciatica issues that were of concern to me as I began, but the program eased my body into running and I was pleasantly surprised that my body was cooperating. When something did arise, they were able to point me in the right direction and I was back into running in no time.
0: After my first 5K, I was hooked. I couldn't wait to learn more and become a better runner. I loved the way it made me feel and I was proud of the progress I was making. I was without... A running program for a few weeks in December and felt like a fish out of water without a plan. Needless to say, I was knocking down the door to be able to join the running academy in January. I began listening to the weekly podcasts and they kept encouraging me on my journey toward being a happy, healthy runner. Since then, I have been able to improve my cardiovascular health, become a stronger and faster runner, and have seen my entire body change. I have been running my own 5Ks during this crazy time and look forward to my first 10K at the beginning of 2021. I enjoy being a part of the tribe because of the community, encouragement, and accountability it offers. Thanks to Angie and Kevin, as well as the whole tribe, who challenged me to be a better runner. You all are amazing. Happy running, Danielle.
1: That's awesome. She points out a really great thing there that no matter what you've got, join the tribe because the tribe is just an amazing group of people. And if you're feeling a little isolated right now, joining the tribe is a great place to start and just surround yourself with like-minded runners who are bringing the positivity and encouragement.
0: Absolutely. So if you want the link to the Facebook group you can go to real tribe.com and that will take you over to our Facebook group and please be sure to a- answer the membership questions or you will not be approved into the group. They're very simple, very easy. Okay. So congratulations, Danielle, you are an inspiration. I'm so excited to see how far you've already come. And I know that there are just so many more great things in store for you. So congratulations on everything you've accomplished so far, your consistency. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things I, I love seeing seeing her consistency um she's posting all the time And, and like she said here too and this is just something I wanted to point out real quick that I loved that um she did have a little bit of a flare-up in her sciatica a couple of weeks ago, and she reached out immediately. I We told her, you know, what exactly she needed to do. She started doing it, and it was gone within a couple of days. And
1: it's gone, and she's back on the consistent program yeah, again.
0: you know, and I think that that's something that so many runners can learn from. Like, so many times, I think we as runners just push through, right? We just, like, just get stubborn, or we just pretend it's going to go away, and we just push through. And so if you start to feel those little aches and pains kind of start to pop up trying to jump on top of that get it and you know do what you need to do to get get it taken care of right away is so much better than just trying to ignore it until it just grows into the point where you can't ignore it anymore
1: yes that's a very good point so
0: anywho congratulations danielle Thank you guys all for joining us. If you want to join us in our live workshop next week, that is yourrunningplan.com where you can sign up for that. And if you want to become a member of our Real Life Runners Tribe, you can do that over at realliferunnerstribe.com. So as always, thank you so much for joining us and spending this time with us today. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 140. Now get out there and run your life. If you're ready to have more fun and achieve the goals that matter to you without sacrificing the rest of your life in the process, this message is for you. Maybe you're feeling confused or frustrated because you're not making the progress you want, even though you're running three times per week or more. Maybe you're feeling tired or sore all the time because you're pushing harder every day trying to get better. Maybe you want to run longer, but every time you run a couple of miles, that nagging knee pain starts to act up again. Maybe you've been told that you should probably stop running so much because you're getting older, but you refuse to accept that and want to find a way to continue to improve in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Maybe you just feel like you're winging it every day and want to start working towards a goal. You want to feel better and be able to make progress in your running as you get older. And if you're like us and the other runners we work with, you want your running to help you become stronger and more resilient in all other areas of your life too. Plus, You need something that fits in your real life, that is simple, easy to understand, and effective. Don't worry, we've got you. If you're ready to transform into a strong, confident, and successful real-life runner, the Real Life Runners Academy has everything you need. It includes training plans, coaching, and programs that will teach you how to run faster, run longer, feel better, and accomplish your goals. Check it out today over at realliferunners.com forward slash academy. Enrollment will be opening soon, so be sure to join the wait list so that you can be notified when doors are open. It's time to run your life.